Welcome to Football with Grant Wall. Thanks so much for joining me. Today's interview guest is Jamie Vardy, the Leicester City star forward and the new co-owner of the Rochester Rhinos. We've had some great guests lately, including Adrian Macias and David Leah, Alexis Ohanian, and Vladko Andonovsky. So check those out. Now, here's my interview with Jamie Vardy. Our guest now is the just-announced new co-owner of the Rochester Rhinos. Jamie Vardy is one of the great Premier League goal scorers of the last decade, a winner of the Premier League in 2015-16, the FA Cup this past season, and the league's Golden Boot in 2019-20. Jamie, thanks so much for joining me, and congratulations on becoming an owner of the Rhinos. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. You know, it's funny. Um... I had someone contact me a few days ago uh, asking me if I wanted to interview Jamie Vardy. I was like, yeah, sure. Uh, I love that. They didn't tell me about the news that was coming, and I would never, ever, ever have predicted this. Uh, Not many people would have, I I think. why did you want to do this? Why Rochester? um, It was something I spoke about quite a few years ago, to be fair, with... um with my wife, my agent, just looking at different things, what, what could be possible. And I mentioned, mentioned this and my wife was fully supportive. Didn't think it was a bad idea, which from my point of view, I think is, is always a good thing because she'd definitely tell me if, if, um, if she thought it was. So to know that I had, I had the support like that behind me and that's literally when it, it all started nearly, I think it's, nearly two and a half years ago to start. So we got on with with looking at, at possible destinations and, and teams and Rochester got mentioned. So my agent was fortunate enough to to get out there. I think it was April April 2019 to to have a look around. And then unfortunately obviously the pandemic kicked in. So it's it's been tough, but one thing we're very fortunate for is technology nowadays. So there's been meeting after meeting after meeting via Zoom, and it all just kept coming back. Although we'd we'd looked at a few possibilities, the one place that kept coming back to me constantly was was Rochester was the place, and here we are today with with the best kept secret being announced. <laughs> Why was Rochester the place you kept coming back to? I mean, like most of our listeners know sort of a little bit of the history of the Rhinos. Um, They won the U.S. Open Cup knockout tournament in 1999, still the Mm -hmm. only team during the history of MLS uh, that wasn't an MLS team to win the U.S. Open Cup. Uh, Fan base over the years had been very good. Recent years... Uh, all sorts of sort of issues with previous mm-hmm. ownership, with uh, the stadium situation, and the team has actually been on hiatus for the last couple of years. And yet this was a team that almost came into MLS in the early 2000s. Um, what about that sort of stood out to you when you were deciding on Rochester? I think a lot of it was how much it actually resonates with myself. I think, um, like you just stated there, being... Being the only non-MLS club to to win the Open Cup is is massive. It's a it's a massive underdog story, and I think a lot of the things I've had to to go through in my career, being basically being rejected as a kid for for being too small, and basically being told that you're not you're not going to be a footballer, and 
just working hard thinking no do you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna show you let's uh let's find out and um just having that not that i don't care but the the don't care attitude about what other people are thinking and if you look at rochester especially with the past success it was it was definitely like that i mean knocking out all them mls teams on the way to the final to start with it's no they're not going to win it's fine they're not going to win well yeah we'll show you we'll we'll show you what we're capable of and i think looking at it especially with wendy and david and what they want for the fo- for the football team as well was exactly the same as me and one of the main things is yes we're coming back and we want to make it even better than it was before we want to make it successful again and that is one of the main things that that definitely attracted me to it but i think on the other side it's giving the pathway for for the youth team knowing that they keep progressing they keep playing well there is a pathway to to professional football and that they can do that and we don't just want them to stop at us we want them to show us their ability to get into our first team, but then hopefully they they pass us. They pass us. They go and sign for some of the biggest teams in Europe, and and it changes their lives as well. You know, from what I've read, you mentioned this earlier. You looked at investing in a few American soccer clubs, and then contacted the Rochester owners, the Dworkins you mentioned two years ago. How many clubs did you look at, and how did that first communication with Rochester go? There was a number of clubs that were were looked at. I won't be able to tell you exactly how many. It's probably as, as long as my arm. But um, but like you said, I kept saying, no, nah, no, nah, Ro- Rochester was the one. And the first contact was was from my agent. It was, uh, and he, we managed to get the email address and sent an email out. I think Wendy and David thought at first it might have been a joke, but they did a bit of research and worked out quite quick that, that it was legitimate. And like I say, things have just carried on moving forward and forward over the past nearly two and a half years and we're fortunate like you say to to be able to announce exactly what we've been doing for them two years today how much of the club do you own and and what sort of things did you discuss with the Dworkins over the past two years i own a substantial percentage i think that's uh that's the best way of of putting it but like you said with the input and everything it's it's been non-stop like i say luckily for technology we've been on zoom call after zoom call after zoom call and trying to get the the times right so that everyone can make the zoom call because i mean 10 o'clock my time is 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 five o'clock in in new york and and vice versa we need to make sure that we can all make the call but it's been everything literally you think what could go on at a at a football club and behind the scenes we've we've all been making sure we've had a massive input. A lot of our listeners know exactly who you are, but there are a number of people in the United States who probably don't know much about you. You have a remarkable life story. First off, you're from Sheffield, uh, kind of a gritty town in England, maybe not totally unlike Rochester. How would you describe what it was like growing up in Sheffield? Uh, it was it was fine i wouldn't say wouldn't say it was any different to to a lot of my mates who who are not from sheffield or anything like that you go up you go to school i think the the bad thing for me was being signed up to an academy and automatically as a kid you you automatically think that that's it you're going to be a footballer when when the time comes so from I think I was 10 years old when I first signed for Sheffield Wednesday. From that day, I'm like, I'm, well, I'm going to be a footballer when I'm older. I'm going to be a footballer when I'm older. And you get to 16 and you get released for being too small. You then realise that you've not done your school. Your academic grades are, are rubbish. So 
you've then all of a sudden had that dream swiped away from you and you realize you've got nothing to fall back on. That was that was what, what mine basically was. So it was getting part-time jobs, trying to go to college to to get some grades, not always working at college either. So it's it was it was tough from that side of things. But one thing I I know that I've got a lot of that's a that's a very high work work ethic and and wanting to to improve. So I I did have a full time job while I was playing um, semi professional football, and I just decided one day that I was going to give football a good good go for for a full year. And I was fortunate enough to end up signing a, a full time contract in the conference, which is three below the Premier League, within three days of quitting my job. So. Luckily, it worked out from that side of things, and I've never, never really looked looked back since. It's unbelievable. I, I mean, I've read that you know you worked, you played non-league football, you even worked on a factory floor at one point. Is that accurate? Could you explain what exactly you were doing in the factory and, and what your <laughs> soccer experience was like at that point? No, that's that is very accurate. <laughs> that was uh, that was the job that I decided was enough and go to football for 12 months but um no I mean to be fair I, I really actually enjoyed working in the factory I was I was making making carbon fiber splints for um for people with with the disability drop foot so it was a carbon fiber splint that got attached to basically a football shin pad that was then attached to to a person's shin and foot who had dropped foot and what he did it it sprung the toes up so that they could they could walk naturally which when you look at it 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 was benefiting other people and and that was that was a major a major thing uh, why I enjoyed the job but it just got to the point where the work was actually quite a lot of lifting which was causing my back a lot of issues so I, I literally just decided that give football a goal for 12 months I mean if it didn't work out I'd I'd probably still be in that factory now so that's just just how life is before you got to the Premier League you played non-league football then you get to Leicester City 2015-16 you score in a Premier League record 11 straight games and Leicester City miraculously wins the Premier League after 5,000 to 1 odds before the season it's still the most incredible season I have ever witnessed in any sport anywhere. When you look back on that season now, what are the things that stand out to you the most? Do you know what? That's a, that's a really tough question to answer because me personally, I'm not one that has the time to look back on it at that moment in time. I think things like that are going to be something that I look back on when I retire because a normal season goes... The season finishes and in previous years you're then straight away on international duty by the time you finish your international duty you get to spend some nice quality time on a on a holiday with the kids and the and the family with the wife you don't want to talk about football while you while you're on that little break and then by the time you're back you've you've only got to prepare for for the season that's to come so I think with things like that it's something that I'll definitely look look back on more once my career is eventually over, which hopefully won't be won't be anytime soon. You could have left Leicester City for so-called bigger clubs like Arsenal in recent years, but you have stayed at Leicester and done very well there. Why did you decide to stay at Leicester? I think the question is why not. 
I mean, I think we've showed over the years exactly what what we're about and and what we what we wanted to to achieve in the progress. And I think at the minute it's exactly it's exactly what you see that, that we wanted to happen. We wanted to be up there challenging with the the so-called big teams and for the past two seasons especially I mean getting qualification for for European competitions consecutively is a is a massive bonus and we want to keep progressing as far as we can so we'll come back when pre-season starts we'll set new targets and and hopefully we can go one that one step further next season yeah we mentioned Leicester just had another good season won the FA Cup just barely missed out on the top four in the league why do you think Leicester continues to perform so well against Premier League teams that that spend significantly more money? I think with stuff like that, you have to you have to put your, your thumbs up to to the club and the scouts and and who the manager wants to wants to sign. Because I mean, the players that he brought in have, have been absolutely brilliant. Not ones that have have needed time to bed in or anything like that. They're ready and raring to go and and they're part of how the manager wants to play so it's been easy for him to to settle in the lads who who were already here they make sure it's as as easy and as comfortable as possible for for the lads to settle and I think that's what you see on a pitch we've not really had anyone who's needed that time they've come straight in know exactly how we play they're part of that same mould and it always just hit the ground running before we get to rochester again a couple quick questions about the euro i i assume you've watched england's first game and what were your thoughts on england and the win over croatia no it was a it was a good win i think um i think it put a, a few goals to bed obviously losing to croatia in the in the semi-finals of the world cup so getting that win will, will be a massive boost and put some puts them in the right direction for the for the game against Scotland. Your thoughts on any of the other teams, other games you've seen so far in Euro 2020? I've not really watched that many, if I'm being honest. I'd, I'm not one who, who watches a lot of football when I'm, when I'm at home. I've, it's my job normally every single day of the week. So to have a have a little break from it is is really good. I mean, I tuned into um, to the Wales game just because I know that my teammate Danny Ward was playing. So made sure I watched that and... That was a great game to watch. That Wardy played really well, made some made some brilliant saves, and I think he's put put Wales on the front foot as well. Looking for their next game. I know that COVID has kept you from visiting Rochester yet, and and even you know meet the Dworkins in person for the first time. When do you think you might finally be able to travel there? Hopefully, as soon as all restrictions are are eased. I mean, it's it, it's in both both countries. It's worldwide, but. The restrictions are different, obviously, for each country. So, whenever, whenever the restrictions allow a visit and it's not interfering with my Premier League commitments or or my club commitments, then I'll make sure that I I get out there at the earliest opportunity. Once you're done playing in the Premier League, and I realize you still want to play for a bit, do you think you'll come to live in Rochester at any point? And, and what are the chances that you might? end up playing for Rochester someday. Who knows? I think you've just put it perfect there. I want to I want to be playing for for Leicester and and at the top for as long as possible and as long as I keep performing then hopefully I can keep prolonging that and and keep keep making sure that I'm I'm helping the club as much as possible and and hopefully that's with with the club being successful. So I don't really look 
too far into the future with with anything like that. We've recently seen Hollywood stars like Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney buy a lower league team like Wrexham and start shooting a documentary video series there. Mm -hmm. Is there any chance you might film a reality series or a video documentary for a streaming company as the owner of the Rochester Rhinos? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> it, it could happen. It might not, but I mean, the first thing is, look, we want to um, we want to have a team on the pitch in in twenty twenty two. So we know that there's, although we've done a lot of hard work and graft at the minute, we still know that that there's a lot more to come to make sure that that happens. Yeah, I saw the announcement. Uh, Rochester wants to begin playing again in twenty two. Um, do you know what league that might be in? No, we've um, we're just exploring exploring his options at the moment but i'm sure within a few weeks or a month that, that there'll be an announcement and we'll make sure that it's the the right league that that fits rochester and where we want to be kind of a random question here but this show ted lasso became this big <laughs> phenomenon in the united states and i know that it you can watch it outside the united states in england yeah. in other countries have you watched it? And if you have, did you have any thoughts? Do you know what's going to make this sound really bad? I've not watched it. Oh, no. But, but <laughs> I've been told to watch it constantly from my agent because he did actually mention it was just before the season had finished. He did mention that um, that they were actually at the FA Cup, I think. Wait, he just actually walked in. Sorry. What, what did you say about the Ted Lasso? Oh, Ted Lasso. They were at the game. The FA Cup. So they were at the FA Cup, so the FA Cup final. They didn't know. There was a Sky reporter reported. Yeah. They didn't know it was the cast of Ted, Ted Lasso. All oh, right. And then they started <laughs> pretending. They went into character. Saying, look, Jamie Vardy. So they were... <laughs> so that's the episode I definitely need to watch. They were there, They were at the FA Cup final with a Sky Sports reporter who didn't know who they were. And as soon as he started interviewing him, they went into full-blown character and I was getting mentioned for some reason. I don't know why they know me, but um, that's definitely the episode I need to watch. But it, it's my fault. I should have watched it, but I'm one of them. I get I get watching a series yeah, and I'll get so, like so far until they're like, right, the next season is out in two months. So I'll start another one. Same happens again. Same, And before you know it, I've got 14 that I need to catch up on. <laughs> which is, is not an easy feat when normally there's a good eight to ten episodes of each season. And I really only get the time to watch them at night when I'm just about to go to bed. So I, I do know that I think the second season of Ted Lasso comes out, starts in July. So you've got time to catch up on season one. It's like ten episodes. You can watch all of them at once. Um and there's a cameo appearance from Arlo White, who's like the, the national broadcaster for the Premier League for NBC Sports here in the US. But Arlo is a Leicester City guy. I don't know if you've I've literally never... just spoken to him. Okay. <laughs> nice. Um, so I think you'll, you'll get a kick out of that. And then I, and the next time we speak, I'm going to ask you if you see any of yourself in the character Jamie Tart because there's a goal-scoring forward named Jamie Tart who there have been some questions if there might be some attempt at overlap. Not a ton, not all, <laughs> not completely overlap, but I want to get your thoughts next time we talk. Right, I will definitely make sure I watch it. Jamie Tart, let's have a look.
<laughs> um, fantastic. Um, when you look ahead to five years, 10 years from now with the Rochester Rhinos, what will success be in your mind, in your role? I think um, I think the main main thing is, I mean, for me personally, I, I mean, I've got um, I've got a V9 Academy that's been running the UK that that gives non-league players who've probably been released themselves, like I was when I was younger, or they've not really had that chance to impress a scout, and we put that on in the UK to to give them that opportunity, give them the the best training experience they could have at, at world class facilities world-class coaching and I think we managed to within 10 days there was literally 40 people who, who managed to get into the full-time game and get professional contracts and we are going to bring V9 Academy out to to Rochester but we're also with Empire United as well so I think it's them knowing that they've got a pathway to the first team and and seeing, just seeing them progress, 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 and and making it into the first team, and and like I said earlier, like playing for the first team, but that's not the limit. They can they can go on. They're using us as a stepping stone to to further their career and make themselves better. I think for me personally, that's that's success as a as a team. But with that success and watching them how they play and the hunger, that they're, they're also going to want to win things. They're going to want to win trophies. So I think you've just got to have the right balance of both and and you'll have success in, in both quarters. Jamie Vardy is a star forward for Leicester City in the Premier League. He is also the new co-owner of the Rochester Rhinos. Jamie, we're thrilled to have you be a part of soccer in the United States and looking forward to it. Thanks so much for joining me. No, thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Football with Grant Wall. I'd like to thank Jamie Vardy as well as producer Chris Whittingham. If you like the podcast, you could do me a huge favor and hit that subscribe button and provide a rating and a review. I'm back soon with another interview of someone from the soccer world. Be safe, everyone. See you next time.